Hello, good morning, good evening. We are um, a new podcast on the block called Main Character Syndrome. Uh, it is hosted by yours truly, Dylan and Cassidy from the great country continent of Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this is our pilot episode. Um, this is, yeah, this is our pilot episode of Main Character Syndrome. Welcome, welcome. And we are going to be discussing things that are going on in the world. Uh, and we will also be talking about a film in which the main character definitely has main character syndrome. <laughs> Midsummer, which is appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> which is appropriate because in the United States it is officially the middle of summer and it's very inappropriate because it's fucking freezing here yeah um for any idiots who don't know australia (laughs) has opposite weather uh it seasons than the united states does (laughs) because we're in the southern hemisphere yes i lived there with cassidy which is how we know each other for like Mm. i lived there for like a year I think so. Yeah. Uh, And I was quite shocked to discover that the seasons were opposite and I was really pissed on Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was like disgustingly hot. It was was literally like so humid and so gross. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't actually imagine having like a cold Christmas. Oh my god, it's actually, it's like magical. Maybe that's why I'm not like the biggest fan of Christmas. Because it's just like sitting in a house sweating, but with presents. Yeah, you guys also don't make like a big fuss over Christmas? No, like we don't make a big fuss over many things in general. Like Halloween is... You cut out. (laughs) We don't make... A big fuss over things in general like halloween isn't a thing christmas is yeah. barely a thing i remember me and casey made halloween a thing and it was still a shitty party that was when we met yeah but it was it, honestly it is the thing that led to this yeah, yeah. Happening. it was it was the beginning of a journey yeah it was like the lightning and the thunder because we are the kind of girls that are going to make you wonder. <laughs> I feel like um I feel like uh I feel like Midsummer has like a very Lana Del Rey aesthetic to some degree. Yeah. Just because for like 50% of the movie she's crying and like yeah. anyone who's a Lana Del Rey fan or just like that's their vibe. Yeah, and also there's like a illicit use of like flower crowns and like white mm. flowing dresses <laughs> mm. Mm. the whole thing is very like summertime sadness yeah it also like it doesn't like obviously it has absolutely nothing to do with lana del rey um no but before we get into this further uh how is like the covid situation going on there because it's like getting kind of like gay and stupid here yeah it's pretty much the same here i mean they're rolling out the vaccine but you can't get it unless you're under unless you're over 40 years old 
So I kind of think that that's how it should be here because there's like this weird like propaganda machine going where if it's like if you don't get the vaccine you're a literal bad person and hate black people and shit like that. I've seen that so much and I just find that like um it was the same thing when it was voting for like the presidents and stuff like that like all of the celebrities banded together to tell everybody what to do. Yeah, it literally is the same exact thing. It's like going that was it's like the same thing that was happening. It's super yeah. bizarre. But yeah, basically, like, you can't get it if you're under 40 unless you have, like, health reasons or um, there's, like, other exemptions and stuff like that. But it's been rolled out, like, very slowly. So half of our country has been in, like, lockdown for, like, we were in it a couple weeks ago. Sydney has been in it for, I think, like, four weeks or something. And Southeast Queensland just went into like i think like a four day one or something like that that's literally insane we yeah, have but pretty much like state by state the second there's more than like two cases they just like lock down the entire city yeah we literally had like technically we had like no lockdown i mean i, I think we did last march like tw- march mm-hmm. of 2020 but um we've kind of just been like we've just been like going through it and like every day is different and like on the news they talk about like no one died of covid today but like there's like 400 million new cases and um people who live in in poor communities are getting it more and like hasidic jewish people are spreading it and it's just it's just like a weird like almost like psychedelic um propaganda machine that's like going on here and like also i've yeah i like i haven't gotten vaccinated and i don't plan on it unless i have to like leave the country for some reason and i'm Mm. i also like get yeah you know i get like called like all right and like homophobic by like people (laughs) (laughs) to get it unless i have to like unless there's like travel bans and stuff being like you can't leave your house unless you're vaccinated then like maybe i'll go get it yeah that that you guys have it a lot more it's a lot it's enforced to a lot more of an extreme of extreme uh than it is here yeah for sure like um here it's kind of i have the option to get it yeah so yeah here it's kind of just like emotional like blackmail it's like oh if you don't get the vaccine and you uh you can't hug your mom for another year or something like that you aren't cool unless you're vaccinated dude yeah it's like join the club (laughs) they say that videos they show you in school (laughs) yeah exactly i feel like um the covid vaccine is like the new scientology And then sometimes I sit and think about it and I was like, oh, like, I don't want to get this vaccine. What do they put in it? And I was like, is this like how anti-vaxxers sound to the rest of the world? Um, I, yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I like tweeted ages ago. I was like, anti-vaxxers are like cool and sexy. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. they're like the new counterculture. <laughs> We're a new age. We're anti-vaxxers. Yeah, we're, we're new age. age. <laughs> Everything old can become cool again. Agreed. I mean, like, the Y2K aesthetic is back in full force. 
I'm not a fan of it, if I'm honest. I fucking hate it so much. Because I think I, I lived through it, and it was not the way that it is now. No, it's, like, it's so cringe now, and, like, all of the girls who do it are, like, the most, like, basic bitch girls, like, ever. Yeah. It's, and like, I just weird. don't enjoy the color palette. I don't or like- the, like, bit of the clothes. It's too rainbow. It's just too yeah. rainbow and, like, saturated, and, like, it's not- And it was the- it was the era of excessively thin women. So it's all like low rise jeans and crop tops in the worst way. And I'm like, I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I mean, also I see girls who are doing it that shouldn't be doing it. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a misogynist comment, but like, I don't know. It is. It is. I'll let it slide. Check your privilege, hunties. <laughs> <laughs> real easy to say as a white man <laughs> oh fair enough fair enough hey, I, i'm a white gay man with jewish blood i can say whatever the fuck i want look out <laughs> oh my God. i'm uncancelable i don't think that's how that works <laughs> no it's you can only be canceled honestly kinda, it kind of is how it works i feel yeah. like you're uncancelable the more of a the more things you have. <laughs> do you do? You, do you think Danny and Midsummer would have been in like into the Y two K aesthetic if things went differently for her? Honestly, no. I feel like if she didn't go to Sweden, mm-hmm. she was going to become that girl who always wears black. Oh yeah, I could definitely see that. I I feel Just like I'm that girl, <laughs> and I recognize in someone else <laughs> <laughs> did you relate to okay well, let's just start talking about midsummer now we did. yeah yeah because now that you mentioned it i'm excited <laughs> yeah same okay so a back uh, a little a little uh, a little thing about midsummer which people frequently mispronounce as midsummer because they're fucking dumb I, it took me like it took me six tries to spell it when i was trying to buy it <laughs> I was like, this movie does not exist. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's it's that oh, it's that oh that throws you off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh it's spelled with an O, but it's pronounced midsummer. Uh Midsummer. Midsummer, which a, a lot of like white men that I know mispronounced <laughs> continuously. <laughs> but <laughs> try and sound educated. Yeah, that's neither here nor there, but uh, this is, would you consider this a breakup film? A breakup film? Yeah. In a way, like, while I was watching it, I was sort of like, I was like, if you remove, like, all of the fucked up shit, I was like, it's kind of a breakup film, just Mm. done in the most extreme way. Yes, yeah, I definitely saw that. Um... I think it's like really funny. I, I I didn't like the protagonist at at all. Um, is that the guy? No, Florence Pugh is the protagonist. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Florence Pugh is the protagonist. Um, just because like I, she's just yes. Granted, she went through like a huge trauma, but like yeah, even, five minutes in. <laughs> yeah, five. Literally, the opening is is that said trauma and. <laughs> in which uh her sister who i think is by has like severe bipolar bipolar, Mm. um she kills herself and their parents with carbon monoxide 
Yeah. Um, and writes like a really attention seeking like Facebook status about it. Mm. I think it was like an email to was just it? us. Yeah. Oh, okay. It, yeah. Now, yeah, it was. It was. It looked like at the format that you was the format. Like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she deals with the tragedy, but apparently from the get-go, she's extremely like attention-seeking and like clingy, and it kind of mm. like which Florence or Florence Pugh because this is yeah. like it's like barely in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she just like is continuously like pissing off her boyfriend who clearly has like no interest in her other than the fact that mm. he's like a simp. Yeah. So um, she kind of just like goes off on like this like, oh, what was me kind of thing. And then her boyfriend is like equally as stupid for mm. like the masculine version, like the masculine version of her. So it's like constant, like negative and positive going back and forth. And mm. it's just like- what, like- I found- <laughs> what I found interesting was I think, and what makes this one different is you see it all from her perspective. Like the mm. story is told, she's obviously the main character. And I think typically if we look at it as like a breakup, shitty relationship kind of movie, it's told from the male point of view. And so it's always him being like, I have this crazy girlfriend, blah, 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 to his friends. And then he makes his friends hate her and then continues to tell her that everything's like fine and okay. And so like the way that he's reacting is like every time she sees that there's something wrong, he convinces her that it's like her problem. Mm -hmm. He's extremely emotionally immature. Yeah, and emotionally manipulative and, like, hella gaslighty. Like, mm. I was watching it and I was like, holy shit. And she kind of, like, in every situation where she's like, oh, I don't want to do that. And then he'll then make her feel bad mm-hmm. for not wanting to do that. He's like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll do it. I'll do it. No, 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 you're right. You're right. Okay. And, like, she'll say anything so that he doesn't leave. Yeah. I think that, like, they're both just so immature mm. and, like, toxic together. And, like, definitely, like, I hate both of these characters (laughs) so much. And I think that's why I hated this movie so much the first time I saw it. Mm. Um, Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I think I related a lot. Not the first time I saw it. The first time I saw it, I was, like, kind of caught off guard by how in your face, like, a lot of it is. mm -hmm. And then... But this time I watched it from more of like analytical point of view. And I found I related a lot to Danny. Danny's her name, isn't it? Yes. Yes. I related a lot to Danny in like the way that I used to, like when I was younger, used to be in any sort of relationship, like romantic or friendship wise. Same, actually. I related to both of them. (laughs) Yeah. And like, because I think I've been both of them in different situations, because I think we've always, everyone's been the person who like complains about their friend, partner, whatever behind their back, but then doesn't say anything to their face and doesn't Mm -hmm. actually do anything to fix the problems. They just like complain about it and alienate the person. I know I've done it and it's been done too. So I think that's like the beauty of both of those characters is that it sheds like light on sometimes how we interact as humans. 
Yeah, absolutely. I used to do that all the time, and now I like talk shit about my friends, and then I tell them to their face. <laughs> yeah, we used to do it together. <laughs> yeah, we do. We used. That's to. how we built our friendship. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> those are like like stone cold bitches (laughs) those those are like the only true friendships though yeah yeah built on hate (laughs) (laughs) but like from hate from hate uh from hate love blooms (laughs) yeah 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 it's the it's the purest seed to grow a friendship flower yeah that's why volcanic soil is so like great for growing (laughs) yes we started as shitty human beings together and, and now then, we're slowly getting better yeah <laughs> now we're on our way to like sainthood i don't know <laughs> <laughs> maybe my like catholicism and like religious aesthetic might be making me there like <laughs> getting me <laughs> it might be getting me there quick. like um that person who like sits and meditates with praying hands while surrounded by crystals burning a wishing candle so i don't know if that makes me better or not oh <laughs> uh, that's like that, i'm i've been like really into like um catholic mysticism lately i don't even know what that is it's like it's basically like being roman catholic but also like practicing like some degree of like witchcraft or occultism so it's like okay. it's like Catholic witchcraft. It's technically it's called Christian mysticism, but like I don't like Christianity as a whole. I think it's like weird, but I like Catholicism, which is like traditional mm. Christianity. But it's like uh, you light candles and have crystals and pay, play with like uh, tarot cards and like shit like that. Oh, but like that's essentially what I do every day. Yeah, same. I do that too. But it's like Jesus is involved to some level. <laughs> Yeah, Jesus isn't involved in mine. Yeah. We're not on speaking right now. <laughs> That's fine. A lot of people hate Jesus. <laughs> see, I don't view it as like, see, I hate the word Jesus because I think then it attaches me to a religion and I hate, um, I hate being put in like a box of ideals. And oh, so no, like, yeah. no, no, I must break free. No, so I'm I totally like, get that. There is, I was like, there is something more than I can see, touch and feel. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna say what it is. It's the universe. <laughs> I literally sound like it's the universe. Yeah, I think it's, it's the all universe. that good karma. I think I think like like I think like the universe is like the whole like the power that like mm-hmm. the power is like the universe. I think that like the the energy. I, yeah, the energy, everything is like coming from the universe. I think that like Christ was kind of like somebody who was able to like tap into something special. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that like this idea that it's just one being that can do that. Oh no, there's definitely so false. I feel like any like if you spend enough time and learn how to manipulate energy to create the life you want, I feel like that is possible. I do too. I think that's definitely true. Um, Because that's what I'm attempting to do. (laughs) Yes, kind of. That's what I've been doing and it's been working. Yeah, like that's the thing. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, you're crazy. But I'm like, but it's working. Yeah, I don't think that there's like, I feel like, I don't know. I keep like my house like very aesthetic and like Mm. it makes me happy and like me being happy makes me energized to like do stuff and like 
mm-hmm. make make money and like be a happy person and like find success mm-hmm. so I, and i do have like a bunch of like crystals and little knickknacks and shit like that or like spiritual tokens around my like specifically just like my bedroom and my kitchen and yeah. it, it always seems to like kind of like bring things to fruition yeah like, more so just than like they bring you joy and like i think when you spend your time filling your life, whether that's with like things or activities or whatever it is with things that you enjoy and that bring you happiness and stuff like that. I think that brings all of the karma. So like when you're actively doing that, I think you receive that so much more. Yeah, definitely. It's just like the whole law of attraction. Yeah. And I think like tying back into Midsummer. one of the things I wrote at the end of it was sort of about the people who are actually living in that cult and are raised in it and stuff like their perception of reality is that what they're doing each step they're making is bringing all of these things into fruition because their whole life they've been raised to see the world in that way mm-hmm. and so I think a lot of the things happen because they believe that they happen you know what I mean that, would you consider this film um, a supernatural horror, as as uh, as his other film Hereditary was? No, I wouldn't either because there's no, there's nothing actually supernatural about this film. No, I think they're just because I kind of believe in that magic is just more energy and like witches and all that stuff are people who know how to manipulate energy and mm-hmm. so I suppose like some of the stuff they do could be perceived as like supernatural but I think they're just manipulating the energy in whatever way they think is working I feel the same way because it's just mm-hmm. like there's there's really no the I can't even con- I compare this movie to Hereditary because I haven't her- even seen I didn't know until yesterday when I was reading the like bio for the f- or like comments from the director that he did Hereditary as well. Oh, so you, you didn't you've never seen Hereditary? No. Okay, we'll do that at, at a later episode. Hereditary yeah. is way better of a movie. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. And it's like a it's a supernatural horror, but it's like the supernatural things are done in like a very, very particular particular way where they're not like overboard and stupid and like weird they're just like very intensely scary yeah um but i feel like i love the director purely because it's so extreme what he does yeah he's a really great director he's one of the few modern filmmakers that i actually really like and i noticed like um second time around some like parallels or i suppose it's foreshadowing more so but I noticed in one scene in the beginning of the movie, just after her sister and parents die, she's lying in her bed and there's a massive painting above her bed of like a bear attacking a little girl. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, I was, and then because <laughs> in like the end of the movie, it's the, obviously her boyfriend in the fucking bear costume. I don't know why, but that's on fire. And like in the painting beginning, the bears like kind of looks like he's on fire. Yeah, and there's also, uh, even later in the film, maybe towards, like, halfway, uh, there's, like, a tile that's painted with a bear on fire. Mm-hmm. 
and even at the end when they put him in the 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 bear which is this is to me like the most disgusting thing i've ever seen in in a mainstream movie yeah is it so bloody and like gory where they like put his like crippled body into this like bear oh my god imagine how that would feel and because he can he i wonder if because whatever they gave him he couldn't move or yeah, do anything but he, he was like, still conscious yeah so i wonder totally paralyzed. what was happening to him uh he was paralyzed he was just drugged wow yeah. imagine feeling that happening and being conscious and not being able to move mm. or do anything I just like think about like all of like the bones that are in it and like he's laying on top of all those bones and like all that blood and he's definitely like getting like his skin punctured to some extent. Oh, Oh. no, that's so gross. But like, all right, even before that. Okay. So we talked about how the the beginning of the movie where her sister and kills herself with their their Mm. parents also die um and Mm. they're in this like extremely (laughs) shitty half-retarded high school relationship um and it kind of brings them to sweden because like one of her boyfriend's friend is a swedish guy uh because he's from like the cult yeah who grew up in this cult who seems like really normal and nice even throughout like the whole movie I don't know because I think he's what I thought he was was very manipulative just in a different way I could see that too because I think there's the obvious manipulation of like with the boyfriend and he does everything in a very like unthought out kind of way I don't even think he's doing it intentionally he just doesn't know how to successfully communicate and have like a healthy relationship I think I think that like I don't actually believe that he's nice. It's definitely a facade. Oh no! Yeah, because, yeah, like, yeah. He he, he lured, like lured these people to like their death. Mm. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> there's that. <laughs> but he does like, weirdly. I don't know. There's something about him that seems like it's probably the actor. But there's something about him that mm. seems like very nice and genuine about him. <laughs> yeah, because I think I was thinking about it, and I feel like as they are raised as kids maybe that they're taught how to charm people do this with people yeah yeah probably and like before they send them out into the world to get people to bring back i feel like they teach them like you need to do this when you see someone like this you offer them this and like it's very easy for him to manipulate danny because i think she's so desperate for people to love and accept her Mm -hmm. And to be like taken care of that any amount like all he does is he paint he draws her a picture for her birthday and she thinks that's the nicest thing in the world because like her boyfriend's forgotten and all of that sort of stuff so such minimal attention and kindness he has to give her to be able to get her to trust him and do what he wants yeah and i feel like there's different levels with each like for his friend the guy who's writing like the thesis on it yeah 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 um what is his name i think it was like josh Uh, i don't remember i know there's like josh and mark yeah he's the black with like (laughs) 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 well with josh he like to get him to go all he had to do was promise him that he could write his thesis 
mm-hmm. on that cult to get Mark to go. It was like, there's going to be Swedish women there because that's what he cares about. And I feel like the boyfriend is just like a follower. So he'll go yeah, wherever, in whatever direction he's lightly nudged in. Like, honestly, like the, the whole point of this movie is like the boyfriend's like a weak ass bitch like throughout mm. all of it he's just such a weak bitch and mm. she's just like she's a stupid bitch and they're both so mm. just so stupid <laughs> like yeah um but like going further like uh she takes shrooms which i think was the yep. most supernatural part of the film yeah but like it's not real because she's on shrooms yeah so from there uh, there's a scene where he, like, it's her birthday and her boyfriend is so dumb that he forgets that it's her birthday. Mm. And I don't remember if anything else important happens, but that leads them to the, like, weird ritual wherein the uh, old couple who I think just turned 72, which yes. I, I think is, like, the oldest age that these people are allowed to be, which makes mm, no sense. It's like- the cycle of their life within the how I forget what they call their little yeah, cult. Yeah, I don't even remember what the name of the cult is. Mm. Um, but it's like uh, they they all right. I'm gonna say this: there's definitely characters or actors in this movie who look way older than 72 that are not dead. So I just have to put that out there. Yeah. Like 72, I know 72 year olds. They don't look like a cold yeah, yeah, I was like, Sweden is like a healthy country. What the fuck's going on? Yeah. And they, I guess they were all living like modern lives outside of this mm. Um, But they, the Americans are like watching as like this old couple plummet to their death from like a cliff. <laughs> in the most graphic way possible it's literally so insane like those shots look so real and like i think the woman goes first yeah the woman goes first yeah. and there's like this close-up of like her face after it hits the floor and it just like it's so indented in and it looks like a like a watermelon <laughs> yeah like someone threw a watermelon off the top of the building and it's just splattered and like the noise she made when she hit that rock it sounded just like a clap and yeah. then she just off i was like oh my god really great sound effects and uh <laughs> like holy shit like what the and fuck the guy was so much oh, actually there was an interesting point where like that lady in particular the one who like the old lady mm-hmm. i noticed at like at dinner or lunch or whatever before they went and did that ritual, she and Florence Pugh's character kept locking eyes. And then right before she jumped off the cliff, they were looking at each other again. And before she jumped, Florence like reacted as if she knew what was gonna happen. Like it was only like five seconds before it actually happened, but I feel like they, they I, had some weird like connection. I thought the same thing too because I thought nothing mm. of it the first time I saw it. But once they locked yeah. eyes, it was just—it's so unsettling. Yeah. It's so fucking scary. 
Yeah, and because she like grabs the boyfriend's arm before she even jumps and like reacts to it and then obviously just goes completely numb once it starts happening. Mm -hmm. It's so bizarre. And like maybe that's because she's like the May Queen and stuff. Yeah, so I guess would that be considered supernatural or would that just be like intuitive? I think it's intuitive because I think she's a very... I think her character is a very intuitive person, but she's been with the boyfriend for so long who shuts down all of her intuition. So she doesn't trust her intuition. Mm -hmm. And so I think she's filled with so much self-doubt and that's like the basis of her character is not trusting the instincts that are there. Yeah. And so she knows, I think at lunch, what's going to happen. She just doesn't trust it. And then I feel, I think that's why she doesn't really say much during that part of the movie because she knows what's going on and she knows what's going to happen, but she doesn't trust that she knows it. I could tell, yeah, I definitely see that. She does yeah. have pretty good intuition with everything. Yeah. In, and in like, the she's the first one to question things. Yeah. So she definitely is like the smartest out of like the group of like fucking idiots that she goes to Sweden with. But. Yeah absolute morons (laughs) yeah and then like it's not even saying much because even she's a moron like they're all morons she's just like the late the least moronic of them Mm -mm. and like Um, the one with like potential to be something else i feel yeah she becomes the may queen (laughs) yeah and i feel like when she becomes the may queen that's the first time she's ever been celebrated because i imagine growing up with a sister with bipolar she's often taken like the back seat and been like a caretaker for her yeah definitely it's always been her sister in the spotlight i'm making an assumption and so this was the first time she was ever in the spotlight and where she was ever celebrated and loved and seen as like the most desirable person in the room yeah like as a a further character analysis um is i think she's such an attention whores because what you just said she never got proper Mm -hmm. attention and i think um in life in general, people misuse, or they're not misused, but there's a stigma attached to the word attention. Yeah. Because I think it's equally as fucked up to do all of these things to get to seek attention. And I think that needs to be less of like, oh, she's just attention seeking and more like this is the lengths that this person is willing to go to to receive attention maybe we should help her <laughs> yeah i agree with that i think there's like yeah. so many, and i know so many people who are just like that and i avoid them like mm-hmm. the, like the plague because i just can't yeah but like at one point in my life yeah like at one point in everyone's life i feel like you kind of go through a phase like that though yeah and i think it's most of the time before you like grow up and become an adult like when you're oh. a kid you'll do anything for attention how old are the characters in this movie like early 20s i guess well, they're all in the, um, they're all in like college. So whatever. Yeah. So like early twenties. That happens in America. Yeah. Well, I think the, uh, the, the, the Josh, the actor who plays the Josh character is like 40. <laughs> yeah. He looked so old. I was like, you, but maybe he's like one of those people who like lives their life a bit and then goes to college if that's a thing. Yeah, that is a thing. I was thinking that same thing. All right. Um, yeah. I want to go back to the the suicide scene because the man, yeah. 
<laughs> who, I was... have, who I have to send you a photo of the man when he was young because it's just like shocking. <laughs> he was in a this like extremely like homoerotic movie called Death in Venice in the sixties, I think, mm-hmm. where he plays like a teenage boy who's like lusted after by like a gay old pedophile. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, he looks like that chick from Panic Room. Yeah, Jodie Foster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he aged into a, a very scary looking old guy. Yeah. But he, he has a less, uh, less beautiful death. You could say that. <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> Where his legs <laughs> were completely obliterated because he jumped, he jumped wrong. And then he went, and then he's like screaming on the ground, and then like a couple of the cultists bring like a mallet and they like smash his face in. Like uh-huh. I think I think they do it two or three times. I th- I think it was th- three times, maybe okay. four. But they oh. go in like and they had like a group of people who were obviously designated for this job. Yeah, like I think it, I don't know. I would have stopped it after the first time. Yeah, he was dead after the first one. Literally, the like rest that. It was exactly like the woman where it turned into a, a fucking watermelon. It literally turned into a fucking watermelon, and they his do- head caved. Okay, totally caved it. Like, there's no way anyone survives that. And first of all, like clearly, he's never had a suicidal thought in his lifetime because who jumps legs first? Yeah, definitely. Like, that is just every time I've been on a balcony, I'm like, no, we have to go head first. Mm-hmm. The woman, the woman definitely knew what she yeah, was she doing. Knew. She, she's had some dark times. She knew. Yeah. Do you think they were married? Or do you think they were just like random? I don't know because they would have been both 72 years old. So maybe they were just born, the two people who were born that year. Because mm. maybe only two people are born. I think Each I don't year. know if it's like two people. I think it's just like anyone who reaches the age of seventy-two that year. Mm-hmm. Maybe they had the same birthday. I don't really know how it how it works. Because everything is like purposeful. Because what? there was only there was like one baby born in that movie because it was like always crying and stuff like that. Yeah. And there was one, and then there was that redhead girl who was getting pregnant. Yes, uh, the girl who was impregnated by. Uh, christian yes oh that's his name yeah christian christian's the boyfriend that was a bad name for him i think it's kind of i think it's kind of funny because he's christian and and like this is like pagan i think that was probably (laughs) it was probably intentional probably um but like his personality doesn't fit the name christian i feel no no actually in america yeah Definitely, definitely in America, because like that's kind of like a douchebag name. <laughs> True. It just made me think of um, Fifty Shades of Grey. Christian. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> what a film. What a what a film. Um, but uh, after the cult shit happens, they're like extremely shocked, and then they're somehow persuaded into still staying because like one of them Mm. wants to write a thesis paper and at the same time there are like the the british couple that his like the guy pele's brother brought Mm. um and i think 
I think they're killed like off screen, right? Yeah, you don't see them get killed, but you do see um, the guy's body at yeah. the sort of at just before the ending where yeah. he's like in the chicken coop and his lungs are out and he's still like breathing into them. And there's but also ripped apart. Yeah, he's I think he's like a bloody gold or whatever they call that. Mm. They call that bloody gold. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, no, it's coming back to me. Okay. So um <laughs> that happens and the British people leave. Uh, and this is kind of where like the movie turns because like it, I think it like goes back to like that one that like child who's like extremely deformed who's like the oracle yeah because they're not they're not persuaded by human like looks and all that sort of stuff yeah and also like more um, more things that involve like the ritual happen like Mm. there's like pubic hair and like his shepherd's pie and like i think she puts like menstrual blood in his drink yeah that's also shown in um artwork yeah in the beginning yeah when they first like get there it's on like a tapestry i think of the story of love spell and he also um meets with that woman who's like the village elder i guess and she's like oh that maya has um uh interest in you or whatever Mm-mm. which uh later uh, later turns into like him having sex with her while uh danny yeah. danny is like getting the title of like the queen but um the reason the reason why they decide to stay is because uh <clears throat> josh is writing his thesis paper yeah uh, he's an anthropologist as well as christian and i think mark is too uh they're writing a thesis paper on this ritualistic cult and josh goes further into it asking like one of the village elders about like the book which like the deformed incest baby makes Mm. Uh, and then he's killed but before he's killed will poulter's character mark pisses on like a sacred tree and is then skinned yeah, I don't know what happened to him because you see him in that scene. Yeah. But not like it yeah, it looks terrifying. So yeah, so he's skinned and like I don't is is it like the deformed kid who's wearing his face or is it just a random person? I don't know. I think it's just a random person. Okay. I don't think it's Leo. Yeah. So uh Josh has murdered tr- while trying to steal basically like their version of the Bible fill of like illustrations by this like special needs deformed child thing mm. uh and then he, his like he's his head is bashed in with a hammer <laughs> and then uh i think the then we see some random guy wearing like will poulter's skin by the entrance of like the place and then the next day uh the village elders are basically like oh please return the book uh no one no one cares just leave it where it was no one's gonna get in trouble and i thought that that was kind of creepy that reminded me of like something that people would do in like high school it was like really creepy to me yeah um 
like a teacher saying like return it please like you're gonna be unwatched no one will know just please return it yeah exactly and it's just like just return it and no one gets in trouble yeah and like in reality like that's just a form of that's how they cover up the fact that they've killed those two so that danny and christian don't freak out on like why they're friends they just like assume that they've run away with this book yeah so that adds like more to more manipulation tactics to this mm. i literally had a note that i wrote that i'm like everyone is manipulative yeah everyone in this movie is so like manipulative and like trying mm-hmm. to like push this narrative yeah um so after he is uh he after this all happens danny I think takes more psychedelics uh, in that tea because mm. she's given tea and she's with that other girl and they drink the tea and then she wins a dancing competition and she becomes the May Queen. Yeah. So while all of this is happening, Christian is also drugged and he has like this the creepiest sex scene I've seen in a while with my weirdly out of like the entire movie that scene makes me most uncomfortable yeah because it's just like it's just so weird and then there's like the old women are there too the old women are like watching it and like like so closely and it's just like this is like incestual to me like yeah and because I think all of them share their emotions like in the scene where the guy jumps legs first and he's screaming because he's in so much pain the yeah. entire all of them are screaming with him and the same and thing the, happens here yeah and the same as when they're having sex and she's reacting to it they react with her and then in the scene following with um florence Pugh when she's like screaming in the in the house where they all sleep they're like screaming with her mm-hmm so they experience all of their emotions, I think, together. Do you think that it's, uh, do you think that's another thing that is, uh, that might be supernatural or do you think that's just kind of like they mimic, they mimic because that's like a part of their cult or whatever? Yeah, I don't think it's, again, I don't think it's supernatural at all. I then think, do I. I think it's connecting to the energy that they feel in that person and like sharing that energy so Mm. that that person isn't feeling that alone yeah and like through that because i think when in life when we connect with somebody and we're feeling the same thing you feel so much more connected to each other yeah so i think again that's just another way that they manipulate energy and connect to each other that's so scary (laughs) yeah (laughs) Because I think like everything that they do, it isn't supernatural, but they're able to do it through like, just through manipulation of energy. Jeez, I hate that. (laughs) I hate that so much. (laughs) Because I feel like you can pretty much do anything with the manipulation of energy. Yeah, definitely. It's it's like I just have to. I think that's like what we were talking about before. Like if you're really good at it and like good at tapping into like these mm. kind of cognitive unseen forces, like you could become like, like Christ-like, you know, like you could yeah. become 
Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Kanye West. <laughs> Kanye West. There's <laughs> uh, a lyric in a song where he's like, I'm Christ like. Yeah, I love Kanye, but that's. That's why. So do I. That's a story for another day. <laughs> yeah, that's for, that's for another day. Um, <laughs> so uh, he, he is drugged while he's having sex with her. So I don't know how lucid he even is, but she finds out mm-hmm. about this. And she yeah. has like a huge anxiety moment. Um, and another scene where all of the people start like mimicking emotions they all like join in on her like crying and screaming and she's also like tripping balls so this is extremely intense for her yeah um so her boyfriend has like post-nut clarity after this and he's like freaking out and tries to run away uh and he finds a leg he finds a leg in like a flower pot and which i think is josh's leg if i'm not mistaken yeah it probably is his leg i think it definitely is his leg um yeah and then he sees like the more shit and then he sees the british guy who's like bloody gold and then he gets like knocked out and i think i think i think that's actually what like makes him crippled Mm. um so because they blow like the dust into his face and then from then when he like becomes lucid again she's like you are paralyzed you cannot move yes yeah so actually going back he probably doesn't feel anything inside of the bear which is Mm. Right, for sake, I hope so. Yeah, that's a lot more humane than I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. Um. So now that that is out of uh out of the way for them, they got what they wanted with like the sacrifices. Uh, mm. the people in charge explained to her that the sacrifices had to be offered to like purge, like bad from their community. Mm. and I think they said that they needed like nine people and then like the one the last sacrifice is between Christian or one of the villagers and they make yeah. they make the May Queen who is Danny choose uh, and she of course chooses Christian uh, who cheated on her moments before uh, and he is stuffed into a beheaded bear's body. Um, and put inside of a like wood pyramid mm. with other sacrifices. And I think Will Poulter's skin is like one of them. Yeah, I think they stuffed him with hay. Yeah, and a bunch of like, I feel like there's like body parts and shit like that too. Like a bunch of like weird yeah. things and like food and like weird shit. Um, and then two years from the community. Yeah, yeah, that, that part was so creepy. <laughs> and what I found, what I found interesting was they gave them some sort of, I think it was like tree sap, and they said yeah. so that you, you don't feel any pain. Mm-hmm. But when they start, when like the fire starts and stuff like that, and they actually their bodies begin to burn, they start screaming, and obviously yeah. after and then 
like they do in all of the other scenes, the rest of the community starts screaming in the same level of pain mm-hmm. Which that is they like are. Another scene wherein they mimic. Yeah. What's going on. But I wonder if they gave them the tree sap and told them they wouldn't feel any pain just to ease their nerves, because obviously they did feel pain. Like a placebo kind of thing. Yeah, like to tell them that it's going to be okay and they won't feel it. Or maybe they don't feel the pain because I mean, regardless, the rest of them are screaming with them. So it eases it? I don't know. I mean, um, regardless of if they feel pain or not, I feel like they'd scream in fear at least. Yeah, at like the thought of their yeah. body burn. And they definitely have to feel something because like I've had surgery and I've been on like morphine before and like even when you're on like morphine you still feel shit. Yeah, there would have to be some sort of sensation that they're feeling. Yeah. Um so they burn they burn these people including Christian alive. Mm. Um and she's like super like scared of like what's happening. She like realizes what she did and then like after after a few moments she kind of like smiles and like accepts it and like mm. has like her Lana Del Rey moment. Because I think there's no going back from that. Oh yeah, no, like, she's a fucking murderer. When, <laughs> yeah, when you think about it, her life in the US, her parents are dead and her sister is dead and they died in like the most horrific, tragic way. And now she's could, like, free of her boyfriend. <laughs> Yeah, and she just murdered her boyfriend, and has, and so I feel like through, I feel like slipping into the delusion of the cult is a much easier and safer way to survive than to actually just leave that and go back to living. I don't think that someone's brain could actually process all of that pain. I feel the same way. It's so. Um... It's so beyond anything I could imagine happening in my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think the smile at the end and the ending of it is her like releasing all of that and feeling free. Yeah. Um, what Lana Del Rey song do you think is most relatable to this moment? Summertime Sadness. <laughs> the entire film is one sad and also set in the summer (laughs) (laughs) like imagine that playing in the background of like the end scene where she's like smiling (laughs) it's it's like summertime sadness but it's like the remix to it so it's (laughs) it's like upbeat like house music it's like I would, I would love like that end scene where she's smiling for it to just be that, um, that one line like, "My pussy tastes like Pepsi Cola." Holy shit! I feel like somebody, somebody is gonna make that on like YouTube and make it like a super cut or something so stupid. <laughs> and that's like the opening is like it's labels as like uh, cola, one of the right cola music video. <laughs> it's just all the worst clips from Midsummer. Yeah, it's just like all of the clips of her crying. <laughs> Some like teenager finds it and they're like, what is this movie? And they watch it and they're like scarred for life. 
the whole thing, like the whole scoring of the entire film is just changed to purely Lana Del Rey music. Holy shit. I like I don't know if I could watch it and take it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody could. <laughs> yeah, I would just be like, I'd be like, I love you, Lana, but like, this is the worst thing you've ever done. Because <laughs> like, Lana is the original main character. Yeah, of- Lana, Lana is the May Queen. She is that girl. Yeah, <laughs> she literally she is. is the void, the lightning, and the thunder. Um, this is like a an interesting film for me too because it's not quite a traditional horror movie. And literally, like, none of these characters deserved to die, <laughs> which I, under- no. I understand that's, like, the point of, like, these types of movies or, like, slasher films, at least. But, like, all of mm. these characters were, like, so mundane and, like, white that I didn't <laughs> literally, like, was like, oh, that sucks that they died. They didn't deserve that at all. No, like, yes, they weren't, like, the best human beings ever, but not, like... They were just Death like normal. They were just like very and normal I think people. This is like, I think this is the problem with the cult and like because they believe that they're above these people. So like their lives, like the Americans and all the people that they killed, are meaningless compared to their belief system. <laughs> and I think that's probably like a little metaphor to like life in general, because I find a lot of people see themselves as above other people because of what they believe rather than seeing everyone as like equal and valuing everyone's belief system yeah they were um they didn't give a fuck about anything no yeah i uh i did not like that about them one bit <laughs> uh, that was that was not my favorite part. <laughs> I, um, I have to say I like it. <laughs> I, I this is not have my seal of approval. <laughs> <laughs> I do not agree with your morals and ethics, people. <laughs> out of out of ten, what would you rate this movie? Second time watching it, for like the way that I connected with it, like it's I think now it's become one of my favorite really? films. The first time I watched it, I didn't connect to it at all. And I was sort of, I was just very confused. But I think second time watching it, I found it so much more clever. And I enjoyed Danny as a character so much more. And also Florence's, the way that she played her, I think, because I connected to her character more. So I would say probably in its category, against other like art horror films I've seen, I would probably say like a seven or an eight. Okay. I would, I'd give it a six. Mm. But that's mostly based on my connection to the character. Yeah. I, um, I give it a six solely because it's just like, um, I think that it's a beautifully shot and really, mm. really, really well-made movie. The mm. acting is like perfect, mm. but like, uh, overall uh it's just like it's not to me it's not like super memorable Mm. even after seeing it twice and uh i think that it's got a lot of like shock value yes (laughs) i think the whole movie is kind of like shock value yeah yeah um but like overall like it is a beautifully shot movie it's really good Mm. 
it's subject matter that a lot of people could relate to. I yeah. just like, I just don't know why I don't like it as much as like I feel like I should, but it's just like it's it seems like it's kind of boring to me. Yeah, I see. I think so, but I think I find that with most like if with most art films I watch, especially when I watch them with people who don't typically watch art films, mm-hmm. that they always comment that it's boring because yeah. I think they're slower and they obviously aren't like they're non-linear, so they don't follow the five-point plots. Yeah, but you know me. You know that I love like a lot of boring movies. Like Mulholland Drive is mm. one of my favorite movies. That movie's like fucking so boring. Mm-hmm. But um, it, I, I I don't know. I just say it's not. It's good. It is a good movie. I, mm. I have to put that out there. But it's just like it's not my cup of tea. I guess. Yeah, and I think it's like it's not exactly a film made for you directly. Yeah, definitely not. It's more, it's almost like a, I don't want to say it's like a feministic film. I would say, like, in in a way, I would say it is. And I think maybe that's why I connected to it a lot more. Because I'm, then the first, watching it the second time than the first time, because I'm a lot more um, educated on feminism and just, like, male gaze and all that sort of stuff so I do think it is feminist in a way that the story is told from her point of view and instead of the typical of it being from the boyfriend's point of view and everyone being trained to hate the girlfriend because she's crazy and neurotic and all this sort of stuff you see it from the opposite way and everybody hates the boyfriend Mm -hmm. because you can so clearly see how shit of a human he's being to her yeah and it's funny because i hate them both so much (laughs) yeah yeah see i don't hate danny i hated the boyfriend yeah i hate them both so much because i know people who are just like both of them and yeah it's like the guy's an idiot because he wants it to end and is too much of a pussy to say that and the Mm. girl is just trying so hard to keep it together but in reality she wants it to end but she just doesn't know how to articulate that yeah so it's just like it's a movie about like the like types of people who i can't stand and i think that's actually why i don't like this movie Mm -mm. because they are very like cringy stereotypical people yeah of like running in like especially like straight friendship groups oh i hate friendship groups so do i (laughs) <laughs> they're so dramatic and so with a burning passion I, they're just like so, and they're always destined to end no matter what yeah yeah because it's like it's a very like high school dynamic and like uni dynamic but i mm-hmm. think once you leave those environments like do i don't i personally i don't have like a friendship group now I, and i feel I don't either. people outside of those things like you would just have friends that you catch up with yeah, I have, like, friends who are mutual friends of each other, but we don't hang out mm. all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think I have maybe, like, four friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they don't know, really, of they know of each other, but they don't, like, know each other. And yeah. It's, yeah. There's a, it's devoid of, like, any drama. Uh, but my birthday parties have been, like, kind of awkward because, like, no one knows what to talk about. <laughs> I hate the whole institution of birthday parties. They stress me out to my core. 
Yeah, I've like stopped having them. I used to have like really big ones and now I just have like a few people over for like mm. drinks and like food and I just like don't. now I just want to be alone and go get tattoos. That's what I did this year and I was like, ah, this was a vibe. Ooh, that's kind of cool. I did cry for like an hour, but it's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I can cry May, if I want to. <laughs> May May 4th. <laughs> May the 4th be with you. I love that we're both born in May. Yeah, but you're a Gemini and I'm a Taurus. Yeah, but if it really, we were both Geminis, it would be a fucking... We wouldn't shit. be able to. <laughs> it would be a shit show. <laughs> you're lucky that my penis is in Gemini. Because, <laughs> like, typically speaking, we would be incompatible. I don't know where my Venus is. Let me pull up the CoStar app and find determines, out. Determines how and what you love. Um, my Venus is in... My Venus is in Gemini. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> of course it is. Because <laughs> we're twin flames. We're cycle sisters. <laughs> I love that. Venus determines how and what you love, and it indicates how you express affection and the qualities you're attracted to. Your Venus is in Gemini, meaning your romantic side is dynamic, curious, and easily bored. Well, that's true. You love witty banter. Okay. Uh, But you may have trouble deepening your relationships. You tend to be a bit timid and discreet with your crushes because you don't know how to be forthright. That's not true. I'm very open about that. Yeah, yeah. That's true for me, though. Mm-hmm. It is in your eighth house, meaning that you love, uh, meaning that for you, love is often expressed in darkness, taboos, rebirth, sex, and transformation. Well, I love darkness and taboo shit. <laughs> Same. Which is why we're, ju- we're talking about Midsummer <laughs> On the first episode. <laughs> the first episode of this podcast. Sometimes you just gotta dive in. Sometimes you just gotta be the girl that's gonna make you wonder, you know? Yeah, sometimes you've got to be the lightning and the thunder. What is that Lana Del Rey song where she's like, I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> I don't know. You're more of a fan than me. <laughs> oh my God. She has a song where uh, one of the lyrics is just like, um, wait, I think I'm, I actually think I might know what it is. Uh, I, it doesn't matter. I'll find it later. <laughs> but, um, yeah uh i'm glad that we are doing this this is really cool yeah i just like our conversations yeah me too and i enjoy them and so i feel like i don't actually care if no one else enjoys them because i'm having a good time yeah same and like this has been i don't know this has been really fun and i think i think people (laughs) will like this and like if they don't like we could just keep it going (laughs) i feel like the most likable thing is chemistry so i find once we find our groove yeah then we're golden i'm like also so happy that we're finally doing this because we talked about doing this like ages ago like ages and ages ago a a year or two at least yeah because like my last two podcasts like kind of like fizzled out because i just Mm. like I couldn't, it was nothing wrong with anyone involved. It was just like lack of chemistry. Yeah. And now that we're have... not enjoying, it's not going to work and it's not going to be like worth it. Yeah. It was just like, it felt, the other ones just were like, it, like weirdly too safe for me. I needed a little mm-hmm. bit more like um, spice. spice. <laughs> <laughs> with that Gemini Venus. <laughs> Gemini Venus and our cycle <laughs> sister relationship. 
But yeah, um, I uh, am glad that I watched this movie again too. Um, Me too. Me too. Before I watched it for the second time, I definitely would have given this gave I would have given this movie like a four. Oh, same. The first time I watched it, I was like, um, I just didn't understand it, and I was just like, that was that was a miss. <laughs> yeah. Um, you need to watch Hereditary because it's it's so it's got like the same energy as this movie the same kind Mm -hmm. of like ebb and flow but it's a lot more it's weird because it's it's just as aesthetic but it takes place in like a town in like northwest america i think Mm. uh the cast is also totally different like a, a tony collette is like the lead in that movie and i fucking love tony collette yeah, I've seen like the trailer for it, and I know my stepmom's been telling me to watch it. Oh my god! For a long time. <laughs> like it's so good. It really is so good. <laughs> uh, it also has to deal with like Satanism and witchcraft. That's like I the the kind of like the premise of the film, and it's I uh, find it, it's like whenever someone tells me to watch something, I don't know if it's just because I'm stubborn. I immediately don't want to watch it. Like. Is the second I've been told to do something, I'm like, no, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. But whenever you watch a movie, I'm like, okay, I'll do it. And I do it. Yeah, I'm like the same. I'm the same way. And like, it's weird yeah. because it's weird that you say that because a lot of people tell me that they're like, oh my God, you have the best taste in movies. And I'm like, mm, I trust your judgment on these things. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, i've seen so many movies and i only know what movies uh-huh. are good movies <laughs> yeah yeah and like i trust your mu- your judgment in music as well thank you a lot of people do too but i feel like my taste in music isn't as good as my taste in music uh movies mm. no you make a pretty banging playlist like i feel like you would be very good at scoring films i would i always wanted to do that yeah, like I feel like you, that would be you would be incredible at that. Yeah, I eventually. I mean, I, after like um, after we went to film school, the, I just like didn't want to make films anymore. <laughs> Thank, honestly, after going to film school, I was like, I don't want to act anymore. <laughs> yeah, um, and like after did we did we graduate at the same time or did I graduate first? I don't even remember. Uh, we graduated at the same time, but then I did the second. Like the advanced course okay yeah um just because i didn't know what else to do with life yeah so I, was I, like, went, okay, <laughs> I went like <laughs> i went like straight into job <laughs> <laughs> you went straight back to america yeah i went straight back to america and got a job at a liquor store for like four months and then i like while i was working there i was like i need to find a real job and now i do like freelance um mm-hmm. photography and editing but uh, i love that yeah, it's a, it's a real success story. Not <laughs> <laughs> a successful story. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I just, like, I don't want to make movies anymore. Uh, maybe mm. that'll come back. I want to write movies, and I would love to score movies. Mm. But, like, I don't know. Maybe... Yeah, see, I don't act anymore, but I would love to, like, direct yeah not right because i'm not a great film writer it sucks that you don't want to act anymore because you would be such a good actress but i totally understand why you don't want to yeah yeah what's also on 
it's I feel also like this is I, feel, I was like I feel like this is a natural close to the oh yeah I was just gonna say we should probably end <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was like we've just been rambling gone into basic conversation yeah <laughs> all right well uh this has been the pilot episode of main character syndrome we'll be back in like I don't know a week I guess maybe two yeah, yeah. there's no like set set schedule <laughs> Maybe we should set the schedule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this week you get 10 episodes. <laughs> Next, and then nothing for a year. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Netflix drop. <laughs> it's like every person who's ever had like a YouTube channel, they're like, one video this month, 10 next month, and then nothing. And then, yeah, and then, uh, and then you're fucked, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that's been wow. this has been fun. Uh, I'll see you may, maybe next week, uh, and yeah. we'll, just, we'll decide when to come back. Thank yeah. you for listening. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you and good night, America. Uh, good night, uh, good morning, Australia. <laughs> yeah, Bye. <this> morning. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Recording.